0: I've got a question for those of you that are married. No. <laughs> Who said "I love you" first? <laughs> oh wow, we got hands going up. That's a preacher's favorite thing in church, right there. I see that hand. Is there another? Let me. Let me. I'll, I'll, since my wife is, is, you know, making comments from the front row here, I remember the first time that she told me that she loved me. It was in a card. She wrote it. Yeah? No, no, no. No, you wrote it. You wrote it. You wrote it. Did you know, hey, easy there. Did you know that there are... In the Greek, which the New Testament was written in, which is not a mistake, okay, we say the word love, right? Love. The the Greek has eight different words for love. That's a lot of words. Three times in John chapter 21, we're in this series called Questions. Three times... In John 21, Jesus asks Peter the question, Do you love me? Now, in our relationships, when we first start out, and we get to that point where we start feeling like talking about that stuff, we generally, we generally say, I love you, and then we pause, hoping to hear it in return. But we normally don't start with, do you love me? Jesus asked Peter that. The specific word, Pax, you and I were talking about this in the car yesterday. The specific word that Jesus used for love is agape. It's the strongest type of love that there is. It's sacrificial Love. Jesus was saying, Do you love me that way? And Peter's answer was another word. He said, Jesus, I phileo you, I friendship love you. Peter was putting Jesus into the friend zone. Okay. Jesus said, Do you do you love me with the strongest sacrificial love that there is and peter said i i love you like a friend in 1 john chapter 3 and verse 16 it says this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us our understanding of the greatest form of love comes from jesus love for us. Years ago, I read a book, and I was thinking about that book this week as I was preparing. The book is written by a man named Dr. Gary Chapman. The title of the book is called The Five Love Languages. And I wondered for a moment, could we take these five different love languages that We all have one of, that uh, uh, some way that speaks love to us, that communicates love to us. And could we find in God the fulfillment of that? Does God speak to each of us uniquely in the love language that he created us with? Can he speak that? And can we look into his word and actually... Find proof of it. And so I want to take these five love languages, and I want to break them down quickly this morning. The first one is this, words of affirmation. Think about the role that words have had, the impact that words have had, whether positive or negative on your life, especially in our younger years when we were formative. Formative. Undoubtedly, you can remember things that your parents said to you that either lifted you up or tore you down. Words are so powerful to us. They have a powerful effect. Some of us, myself included, we communicate our love through words that are affirming. So how can God communicate affirmation of his love to someone like me who is a words of affirmation person because he's never appeared to me. He's never spoken audibly to me. And the answer, and I think it's interesting, we have this thing that we call the Bible. And you know another word for it is? The word of God. In fact, it's it's called the Logos. It's the written version of the Word of God. God has given that word to us to speak to us, and in it we read things like Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1, where he says, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. That sounds a lot like what a husband and wife would say to each other, you're mine. You are mine. Not in an ownership sense, but in, a, in the sense of, of love and accepting and, and that connection that we have. Later on in chapter 43, he said, you are precious in my sight. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the apostle Paul says this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. God looks at us and he says, you are my creation. You're my handiwork. I have have created you. I have put effort into you. John chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus says something interesting. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. So Jesus loves us like the Father loves him. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3, the prophet Jeremiah said this, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. The Bible could be described as God's love letter to humanity. Like that card that my wife is debating me that she gave me. <laughs> that I opened it up and it said, I love you all. It was written tons of times all over that card. It is a love letter. Guys, we, we might not have received many of those This is a love letter from our Heavenly Father, which expresses his loving affirmation to us. So do me a favor. Realizing, and guys, you might not like to think like this, but God adores you. Ladies, you that's that's good for you. You like that stuff. God adores you. Do you say, how how do I connect with that? You know what? Get alone. And begin to meditate and ask God, God, do you love me? And in the silence, just let him begin to speak that love to your heart. The second in the five love languages is quality time. According to a a survey conducted on 2,000 individuals, they said they're so busy that they only get 26 minutes of free time a week. And they're currently putting off 14 things on their to-do list. So evidently, we don't feel that we have enough time. That's not good for a love language of quality time. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 8, he said, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, what the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. And I interpret that as saying this that God has all the time in the world. In fact, He created time. Think about that. He created it, He spoke, and the sun hung in the sky. He spoke and the moon ruled over the night and he said there was morning and then there was evening and then there was the first day. He created time. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do you realize that God operates outside The boundaries of time. He is not constrained by the limits of time. You and I, you and me, we are bound by time. We're ruled by time. God is outside of time. He's over time. He's in time. God sent his son Jesus to earth to live under the constraint of time. For 33 years. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden because they had sinned. The point that I'm getting at with that verse is this, that God hung out with man every day. The one who created time, the one who exists outside of time, took the time to hang out second peter chapter 3 and verse 9 peter says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance in other words god understands time you think he's slow he's being patient How many of us want patience from God? Oh, man. In Luke's gospel, he tells the story of a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a traitor to Jewish people, he collected taxes for the Romans. A crowd was following Jesus through the city of Jericho, and Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because he was vertically challenged. the word of God just becomes alive to me. So he jumps ahead of the crowd and he climbs up a tree to get a good vantage point. Luke chapter 19, verse 5, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. Jesus, the creator of the universe, previously unbound by time and space, cared enough for a traitor to stop the whole procession so that he could speak to him and he invites himself to the man's house to spend more time with him. This summer, we invited ourselves to the Tippin's house because we wanted to spend time with them, And so we just said, hey, can we come? Here are the dates. We just invited ourselves. Do you know why we can do that? Because we're pretty sure they love us. And they do it back to us because they're sure that we love them. God desires to do the same with each and every one of us. He wants to spend time with you, to meet with you personally. Revelation 3.20, I know you've heard me say it many times before, but it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And God is waiting to come in, to receive an invitation to come into your life and to share fellowship with you, to be with you, to spend quality time with you. Thirdly, receiving gifts. Wednesday is the 14th of February. It's Valentine's Day. Americans will spend $26 billion this year on Valentine's-related stuff. I only remember hitting the ball out of the park one time on Valentine's Day, and she thought I'd forgotten Valentine's Day because I said I had to go to Walmart, and the truth was that I didn't have a card, but weeks earlier, I had ordered the gift, and she opened it up, and she loved it, and she should have loved it because... Several months earlier she sent me an email with a link and said, If you're thinking of anything, I really like this. <laughs> I ain't no dummy. <laughs> well, no, I am really, but that time I got lucky. She's so good at, at giving gifts. She takes so much thought and cares. I can't I can't compete. She's so amazing. And I know, guys, some of you are not going to hear another word that I say this entire message because you just realized that this week is Valentine's Day. <laughs> and you are in a panic. You are starting to sweat, okay? Because you, you're like, I, I'm not ready. I did, I, did, I did nothing yet. I'm not, I don't even have a plan. Jesus says in Matthew 7, if, if you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him james 1:17 every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows god knows how to give good gifts he gives perfect gifts revelation 22:17 let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take free the free gift of water of the water of life Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Some of us understand love through gifts given and received. And God loved you so much that he gave his best gift, Jesus. Agape love. Sacrificial love. Love. He gave. Number four is acts of service. You might wonder why we do some of the things that we do around here, feeding America and other things. It's because in 2005, God called us to be good neighbors, we're serving those, the needs of those that are in our our community. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Jesus came so that we might have life to the fullest, but that life is not about us. Galatians 5, uh, verse 13, Paul says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We've been called to serve the needs of other people. But many of us were not shown the example of of serving others in our families growing up. Then we come to Christ and we're shown this incredible example because as it says in Matthew chapter 20, and these are Jesus' words in verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus had a love language, it would be acts. Of service, the fact that the Savior had a love language, blows my mind. Paul says in Romans five eight but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Some of you in this room, you communicate love through serving. It's what speaks love to you and Jesus is able to identify with your heart of serving in fact he leads the way and then finally physical touch every man in this room would probably you know or or at least okay every married woman would say yeah my husband thinks that's his love language physical touch <laughs> preacher that's creepy that you'd even suggest that there's a way that God could connect his love to physical touch Physical touch does not mean sex. Okay? (laughs) We're going to move right along here. (laughs) Psalm 139. Let's get right to the Bible. The psalmist said, you knit me together. Got a couple... Ladies that have passed away recently from our church, Audrey and Donna, and they both knit. They made all sorts of stuff. They made baby hats. They made washcloths. That you, they, just, they just, and you can't knit without using your hands. God has had his hand on you since the beginning of your conception. He knit you together. Human touch is so extremely important. You say, oh, it's not that important to me. In the 13th century, a German king named Frederick II conducted a very diabolical test. He took a group of infants, and the the, the test was this. Don't speak to them, because we want to find out if no one speaks to them, what language will they speak when they get old enough to speak? And the second part of the test is, don't touch them. The results of the test were this. All the babies died. They died because we need touch. We need to be spoken to. Psalm 139 again, it says, literally, no matter where we go, his right hand holds me fast. It grasps me. It takes a hold of me. It seizes me. It takes possession of me. He apprehends us for himself and claims his interest in us. And he holds us so that we won't slip or fall or go the wrong way. I think of my grandsons, and I'm going to have the worship team come. I think of my grandsons. Man, they, they just fly by. We've got a long hallway in our house. And they think it's a track. And they'll, they'll put themselves in danger. And, you know, I just want to hug her. I just want to get some grandpa love, Right? I love evening when you know they know that it's time to go to bed. And if I ask Grandma, and Grandpa, you know, Gigi, and Grandpa, can we read me a book? You know, we're all there, right? You know, Mom and Dad. Are, okay, for two minutes, you can read a book, and they'll sit, you know, in your lap for that few minutes, and it feels so good because I just I just want to lay hold of them. I want to lay hold of them. I want to protect them. I want to keep them safe. And that's exactly the way God feels about you. And you might be running and yet longing for his touch. I'm going to invite you to stand with me all across this place. The worship team's going to lead us in just a second, and we're going to go a couple minutes long, and I'm sorry. But I'm going to just invite you for a second to bow your heads. As we get ready to close our service, do you know that God loves you? This morning you might have come, and that has been a question that's been on your mind. And I believe this morning that God, by his Holy Spirit, is speaking to your heart, and he has orchestrated this moment. And he's saying, I love you. Maybe you've never done what Revelation 3.20 says by opening the door of your heart. This morning, I want you to know that the Savior is knocking and he desires to come into your heart. This morning, if you're broken, if you feel like you don't understand what love is and you're ready for God to grab a hold of your life and to say, I love you, to lay hands on you. To possess you. To protect you. He is speaking loud and clear. If that's you this morning. I don't want you to. I don't want you to just raise your hand. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here. By his power. But if that's you this morning. I just want to invite you to take. Take. A step. I want you to come toward Him. I want you to run to Him. And I'm going to invite you, if that's you, this morning to step out and come to this altar so that we can pray over you and pray for you and to pray with you this morning. If that's you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning, I want you to come. Don't wait, don't hesitate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As people are coming, do not do not wait. If those of you that feel led to come and pray, I want you to do that right now. Do not. Do not wait. Don't hesitate. I need people to be praying with those that have come. I want you to come. if If that's something that you're comfortable in doing, I need a guy over here on my far left if someone would come over there. Father, I thank you this morning because I believe that your Holy Spirit is here. I believe, God, that you are speaking to hearts right now, that you are declaring your love, the love that you have for us. And Father, I pray, God, that today we would reach out, that we grab that door, that we would open it up, and we would say, God, I want you in my life I want you to come in. I want you to protect me, possess me, own me. I want to be yours. Father, I thank you because of what your Holy Spirit is doing here today in this place. God, I pray, move in us. Express your love to us today. And Lord, we say we love you in Jesus' name.